0: You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts, L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James
1: Shed of... Hey, how's it going, everyone?
2: James, James, how are you doing, man?
1: Good man, I've I've been away, man. You know what I mean? Well, it's dude, you're so
2: busy. We got the show coming up. You know, later on today, the soft opening for the sold out art show. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And uh, but you know, I just got back a few days ago, man, from from Asia, actually, man. So you haven't
2: even you don't have time to relax at all. all <laughs> right, you, know, well, you know what? Let's uh, let's talk
1: about the art show first, because like you know um, what we're doing today. Right? You want to do that? And yeah, then, yeah. And then and then get into ger- our vi- travel in Germany. Um. Let's uh, let's
2: also talk about who we got with us here. Okay. Okay, that sounds
1: good. Hello. Hello. This
2: uh, <laughs> this lovely young lady we have here today is um, she is not exactly uh, a street artist. Um, not at all. But she Can is an artist, draw? <laughs> an artist to some degree, um, of uh, pictures and stuff. Um, she uh, is now a writer and director, um, as having to do with the arts. She is also. Um, a uh, professional, high-end house remodeler, uh, designing uh, interiors and stuff like that. Gotta make the coin. And <laughs> an incredible mom of twin eight-year-olds. Twin eight-year-olds. So she's not Does busy. She have twins? She's not busy. Oh, <laughs> and and as as, as we are speaking, um, her uh, her current project looks like it may be actually getting uh, a green light soon. Yeah! Fingers congratulations! Is crossed. Fingers crossed! Congratulations. Everyone,
0: hi.
2: <laughs> this is Daniela Amavia, my wife. <laughs>
1: Welcome.
0: <laughs> I don't know how you got me to come here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you're here, and
0: you know what? Uh, one excited. of the
1: one of the reasons why I think uh, Teach wanted to bring you by is because, well, before we talk about all these travels, uh, first off, like a month ago, I. Teach and I went to Germany, actually. Right? Yep. And you're German, so uh, <laughs> you yeah. I mean, so we just wanted to bring well, you. Actually,
2: along. to be technical, she um, she is Greek, Turkish, and Italian,
0: and North African. But I have a German and Greek passport. So <laughs> did you actually do the green.
1: ancestry DNA kind of stuff? Yes, I did. Okay, okay. So that's how you found out that you're. Uh, okay, okay.
0: I was I was very surprised because I had no idea about the North African part and it's almost 50%. Oh my so god. <laughs> I have questions. I have questions. I need just to talk to people about lots this. Lots of things going on. In, in, <laughs> lots in of there. things happening.
1: So, so, I mean, but you grew up in Germany, right? I grew up in Germany. Okay. So, I mean, it was funny because this is actually my first time traveling with Teach and it was also just uh, my first time going to Germany with Uh, You know him as well, too So, you you been before? I had been, actually So every single year For um, Sorry, every other year We have this uh, big paint conference Paint and ink You know, we're in the arts industry And we make the materials for uh, Spray paint and all these other kind of paints So um, We actually asked Teach to do a live demonstration At our uh, trade show booth Mm -hmm. Right? And uh, it was like the best idea ever Oh, dude, that couldn't
2: (laughs) I had no idea what to expect, and it turned into, like, one of the best experiences ever.
1: Because this is a professional show where people get together and talk about, like...
2: Paints. Paints. And right. Very
1: chemical, you right. know, technical, The booths right?
2: they had set up were incredible. They had $100,000 booths. I mean, yeah, $100,000 for a
0: two-level booth. What did they make of you being there? Well, <laughs> well <laughs> I
1: think, you know what? Yeah, it's like, okay, so we had Teach set up in uh, one wing of our booth. And basically, he was doing uh, a live stencil demonstration. So
2: we didn't even know if they're going to let us spray. We we thought any minute they were going to come by and they're going to be like, "Hey, uh, no." What else is new? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. In Germany, you don't know what to expect. With well, Oh, one of yes, the you is, do. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are certain things. Yes, you can't expect. We're going to get into that. That's for sure.
1: So at the booth, basically, Teach was just. Uh, I figured this is what I said. I said, "You know what? We're at a paint show. We're using paint." It's such a big room, (laughs) It's such a big room. Yeah, it's a huge room. There's like, I think there's probably... five of
2: them, five big halls. Yeah, I
1: think there's like 10,000 people in attendance, probably, I would say. I love
0: the pieces you did there. The pictures I saw look incredible. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And, you know, the greatest thing is, like, all these guys are technical scientists, and they actually uh, manufacture the ink, so it was really nice that uh, Teach was able to give them a hands-on kind of like, hey, I use your guys' spray paint. For you know this application, I like it. Was oh, so that's he,
0: cool. I yeah, didn't know so that. actually,
1: we're stopping. But, I mean, the actual people who uh, you know do the Montana gold cans saw teach using those gold cans. That was like, hey, <laughs> we fill those cans.
0: <laughs> you know, can yeah. we have some free paint then? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, to us,
1: it's kind of how the whole industry works. It's like people think it's like, oh yeah, there's a you know spray paint m- company that um, you know. It's just for this
2: label, right? But no. They, the, make the, it, they make the can, they make the paint, they make everything. They put it all together and they sell it and they, no, that's that, not how it I works. mean,
1: that's just a label. It's just like a wine bottle, you know, they come from like <laughs> right. vineyards basically, right. right? And then you can put your own label on it and then, you know, if it takes off, then it's a, a brand, right? So that's kind of like how the paint industry works. So okay. it's so interesting because Teach, what we've been trying to do is really, really set them up... Uh, in, turn, in the future, to have his own line of spray paint uh, sponsored by Ellsworth Gallery, right? I didn't and know that. That's oh, so you didn't cool. know that. <laughs> Some I'm other artists, about yeah, that. other artists as other well. Other artists it's, are getting in on this too. But really, it's the hardest thing is to find like the great partner to deliver right. uh, and all that stuff.
2: But that's you know, that's all boring stuff. Let's get to talk about Germany actually. Um, well, dude, all I can tell you is, anytime anybody walked by and I was shaking the can and getting ready to spray, they stopped what they were doing and watched. And you were giving away free pieces in terms well, of Well, like yeah, like that kind of started because uh, you guys had this Italian client that took an interest in one of my pieces. That's true. And they were like, oh, you know, how much do you want for that piece? And I was like, dude, isn't that like an important client of yours? <laughs> I said, just give it to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then exactly. uh, then the, the senior vice president who was there came over and he was like, hey, um, you know, if you want to do some more of these, we'll I'll pay for them. <laughs> You know, and he, then he's like, how would you like to go to Shanghai?
1: <laughs> and I was like, what? He was such a big hit at the show. Everybody was already saying, yeah, at the Shanghai show, we want you to do these kind of stencils. You know what I mean? So I'm, like, I'm already getting prepared.
2: <laughs> I'm already getting prepared. That's that's going to be great.
1: So, so it was great, you know, but let's talk about Germany for a second. You know what I mean? Because, you know, obviously. We, we have, <laughs> so, I mean. For, for me, one of the things that whenever I go to Germany, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to have to eat, like, not that good food for, like, <laughs> for, like a little bit. That's just me personally, you yeah, know what I mean? What because you know. they, they basically, I, in my, you know, they have great beer, the some of the best beer in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you have food that goes with beer, right? So you have really good pretzels, you know, and you have, like, really good <laughs> sauce. It, you know what I mean? Like, you have all these, like... You know, right? But the thing is, like, to eat those, like, every single day, it's, like, tough for American... Diet. The bread. The bread, bread is amazing. amazing. Yeah, exactly. You cannot right? find better
2: bread. I agree. But, so, holy cow,
0: man. Well, you also have to say, though, that you were in a city that's kind of not very international. It's called Nuremberg. We were, yes,
2: we were in Nuremberg. If we weren't go, in Berlin or something right. like
0: that. If you go to Berlin or exactly. Munich or even Frankfurt, uh, you basically can get any any international cuisine that you want.
2: Yeah, huh. whenever
1: we go to Nuremberg, <laughs> Ber- Berlin's a totally different experience, right. you know what I mean? Like, you can find, like, good Italian food, you can find, like, good, but I'm just saying, like, Nuremberg, what are they famous for? Like, li- little sausages, right? The Nuremberg sausage is like a breakfast sa- sausage, kind of, for <laughs> Americans, <laughs> right?
0: Is that what it is? <laughs>
1: the Nuremberg sausage, so- I don't know, this is, this is what I'm saying. I like, know
0: about the Frankfurter, but I did not <laughs> know about the, ugh, it's disgusting. I,
1: you know, so, so you know, as an ignorant American, I'm just saying that we are always, like, Okay, give me the local cuisine. You know what I mean, but like you're right, Nuremberg is a smaller city uh, in comparison, so there's not as many international people there. You know what I mean. So you're not gonna. It's gonna be harder. The to only find. other
2: thing I, that it's really known for Nuremberg is the, the, the Nazi trials.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. What are they? Uh, that's
0: were an uplifting th- subject, madam. Here. <laughs> yeah, and let's steer away from that and other things.
2: <laughs> no, one thing I would like to to point out um, for people who are thinking about going over to German and are American. And if you don't speak any German, you might want to think twice about that.
0: Uh, Say you're Canadian.
2: Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're American right now, because um, we went into a couple of restaurants that just recognized that we were American. And in the Yelp, you know, uh, (laughs) recently reviewed, you know, entry they had, they were supposed to be open until like 10. And they saw us and like, no, we're closing. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, she laughs She laughs. No. Okay, the first night we got there I gotta tell this story, this is, this is actually kind of funny I, I actually missed my flight Coming through uh, Heathrow Because it's bigger than my, ho- my hometown of Destin okay? Heathrow Airport is Like two towns or three towns put together I missed my flight, I came in late We got to this restaurant Late that we had reservations at In Nuremberg And it was myself and James And some of the people from the Pioneer Chemical uh, Company and some of the people who were already there, and they were, had ordered some food and, and uh, beer, and, and so we got in, we sat down, and, you know, say, oh, can we take your, your drink order? And we gave him a drink order, and then when they came back, um, you know, we were, like, ready to place our, our dinner order, and he's like, nope, sorry, nope.
1: You For, guys uh, have been here too long, you have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kicked you out. They kicked us out. Like, yeah, you we would've... literally just got there. We ordered our beers, and we weren't even finished with our beers yet, but they said, oh, time's up, time's up, time's up.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, granted, you know, well, so we, were, we were late for
0: the, for the reservation. The reservation. Um, it's not yeah. like
1: anybody was coming in. That's, like,
0: that's not going to fly in Germany, though. They, <laughs> yeah. They have rules. It was and, not a, yeah. an overtly full restaurant. Doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> and But no, here's, here's one of the funny parts to that, because um, the uh, the senior vice president, Happened to be with us and was late and came in with us late. Okay, and one of the guys that was already there, um, he actually got on Facebook and kind of wrote a review about this restaurant. Was and it scathing?
1: It was a. It was. <laughs> it was just saying like you know, horrible service. Uh-huh. Don't come here. You, you know what I mean? Like if, you know, if you wanted to be treated nicely, like you know, I mean? something something along those lines. Yeah.
2: And then, how was it? The was it the. So
1: basically what happened is this guy, uh, the manager of the restaurant, actually messaged uh, my friend and said, hey, you're the guy who left that review. Y- you know, I'm saying, like, why would you leave? A re- <laughs> why would you? you serious? I'm serious. He messaged him personally and, and then said this, right? And then so uh, he said, I'm going to tell your, I'm going to. Uh, tell your management tell your manager that you're uh, so unprofessional he, you know he threatened him want to over... get him in trouble you <laughs> want to get him in trouble and then the funny thing is he responded back he said you prick my manager was the one you kicked out of the restaurant <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, I'm not surprised.
1: There weren't
2: just, any more replies
0: after that, right? Yeah,
1: there was no replies after that. But it just, <laughs> to me, it's just so funny because, you know, Teach and I have both way to tables at some point in time. It, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. then it's just like, you know, customers always right. That, that's just, we oh, always no, know that. Not right? in Germany,
0: you guys. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? It, it,
0: enlighten us. Enlighten <laughs> us. Enlighten, enlighten you. Okay, so here's the thing I lived there for most of my life. I love the country, it has a lot of upsides. But there are reasons that I'm here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it it is, you know how the the Germans think about the Americans as being very very shallow and friendly, and I always call the Germans very deep and unfriendly. Um, mm. And I rather have the shallow and friendly. Um, uh, you
1: know what? That's interesting. Uh, I would say that American culture is pretty shallow, though. In terms, we yep. we judge people by our looks like right. quite a bit, and then yeah. like we're expected to. Uh, be cordial in public, like you know, you know, be friendly, right? It's like I, I see that's it's yeah. so interesting.
0: I've never actually heard that, and man. and you also have to understand a waiter in Germany is really a lifetime job. So okay. you, you know how you guys said you both have it's waited. A tra- yeah, mm-hmm. it's a trade. Yeah. So people don't work for tips. Okay. So that changes everything. Oh, boy, does it ever. (laughs) It changes everything because... They don't care. No, (laughs) they do not care. I mean, tip really in Germany, at least when I lived there, which is now, you know, 15 years ago, but that was whatever you rounded up to. So if your bill was, you know, Five seventy-five. You left six. <laughs>
2: oh my
0: god! <laughs> yeah, no, that but
2: here but in I, America they run after your car and throw the change at you.
0: I mean, <laughs> so, so is it
1: is it like a s- salary position kind yes, of? Yes, it's a okay, salary okay. position
0: with health care. So it's completely the system is completely different. Okay, okay, and it it really permeates into everyday life into okay. everything you do. I
1: see what you mean.
2: Another um, thing, <laughs> if you. Are not a good driver.
0: One second, I hear something.
2: That's a little feedback. Yeah.
1: Is that feedback? Okay. I don't know. I mean, we're going we're working out the kinks right okay. there. Yeah, okay. it's all good. Okay, no sorry. Fault. Edit that out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, okay, so one one of the one of the other things I wanted to point out is that if you are not such a good driver, um, oh man, <laughs> you are not. You're gonna get honked at. You're gonna get yelled at. They. <laughs> There is just no, I mean, they don't care, man. Um, <laughs> Germany, they have the
1: autobahn basically. That they have, uh, like, the they have two lanes on the freeway. One is like the slow lane, and one is the fast lane. That there literally is no speed limit at all. Yeah, how crazy, dude? Is that? We were hauling ass. One time, I was driving in Germany in the snow, and I, I was like, these guys are still going like <laughs> just you know i mean too like i picked
0: a friend up once from America and i drove him home on the freeway and i was just talking to him and i realized he was crying and i didn't even know why and <laughs> he was like what are you doing <laughs> this is terrible it's
1: it, no i mean it's it's just you know these things are just so different in culture i mean it's like I, I feel like actually a lot of american things we actually inherit from german culture too but we just kind of uh don't really recognize that for example everybody knows a hamburger right you know what i mean that's Yep. Kind of a German thing, if you think about it. They just don't put it inside the bun like that. You know, they'll eat a Hamburg steak, basically, which is like
2: yeah, oh, a yeah. hamburger
1: patty, and they'll eat the roll on the side, you, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or they'll have a hot dog, right, which is just a sausage and then a roll, right? So it's like, if you think about it, it's like there's actually a, quite a few, <laughs> these. Th- I'm just saying like food things that it's like we're influenced by Germany, but we kind of just made it American, our,
2: our own, you know what I mean, and... Quicker, just basically quicker. Kind yeah, of, we're pick always, it up with your hands, eat it quicker.
1: We're on the go, you know. I mean? But yeah. I, you know what? I, one thing I think about Germans too. I feel like they're a very efficient culture. You, you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, well, except for their internet,
2: right? That's true. It's I gotta weird. say one more thing, dude. Thanks so much for doing all the driving because <laughs> poor James, his his <laughs> his navigation app on his phone that he was using, you know, as we were driving around, had a lag time on it. So we were cruising along, and you know, all of a sudden he's like, "Damn it!" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "I should have turned back there." I'm like, well, "What?" He goes, "Well, it didn't say until just now." Yeah. So you know, that's you've... that's why I brought up the driving thing because yeah, we had to. quite
1: well, you know, a few. like T T Mobile too is like a German company, right? They're like a, so it's like they have like global. I have T Mobile here, and I can automate.
0: Sponsored. Uh, we should be sponsored, right? <laughs> we should be sponsored yeah. by T Mobile. Why not? In the future. <laughs>
1: hit him up in the future. We'll, we'll get the sales team on that. <laughs> My wife's got the good speaking voice for it. There you go. But, you know, anyway, so uh, we, one thing that Teach and I kept on joking about while we were in Germany is, is you can't be a dummy and, no. like, live in Germany. No. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, really, it's just like they expect you to really They won't be, be nice at all Continue to be, like, flowing with efficiency, you know what yes. I mean? So, I don't know. It was just, <laughs> like. Was t- can, I, can I say something yeah. nice?
0: About Germany? Yeah. Okay, so if I call a friend right now in Germany and I say, I'm going to meet you next year, uh, May 7th <laughs> at 7 p.m. at this restaurant, he'll be there. <laughs> I won't have to reconfirm. Yeah. I won't even have to like send a reminder email three days before. That's, that's pretty the one, cool. That's pretty cool about Germany. That I is, like that. That is,
1: that is,
2: that is. Like because you know here, if you don't reconfirm flake, yeah. the day before or the hour before... <laughs> But You're not showing hell. up. Well, you yeah. didn't reconfirm that last hour. I'm like, what? We had plans for two weeks. What do you? Why do I need to reconfirm the last hour? So you know. The, I mean, for you, what, what's the? What was the biggest
1: like? I mean, if you can think of one, like just like one. Of some of the biggest culture shocks when you like.
0: Well, uh, that that oops. Sorry. Okay. Oh, um, that that was one of them because when I first moved here, I didn't know anybody, and I started making friends, and I was very excited. I would say like, let's have lunch at the Chateau Marmont at you know tomorrow. And then I'd sit there for an hour, and people oh. would roll in an hour late and be like, oh, you know, traffic. And I thought, <laughs> how did you think I got here? <laughs> Helicoptered in? You know, I, I'm sitting here for an hour. So that was kind of a culture shock. I, I also, see. if a German says to you, hey, give me a call. That's exactly what they mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Somebody here says give me a call. Most likely they mean never, ever contact me again. <laughs> or a text.
1: It's just, it's just like a nice thing to yeah, kind of like say basically. Like you said, it's <laughs> friendly and shallow. In
0: fact, friendly and shallow <laughs> versus unfriendly and very deep.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so okay, let me ask you. Like for, uh, um, you know, since we're on the shallow and deep topic, is it hard <laughs> to, I feel like, you know, in a city like L.A., it would if you're outsider and coming in, moving here, it's really hard to make friends. You, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like is it? For Germans, well, you know what?
2: Actually, uh, talk about shallow and deep, talking whatever. Her first profession, oh, that was the epitome of it, right?
0: I, you know, I didn't think it was shallow. I guess I had a different experience. Well, than let's you. tell you, tell <laughs> us about it.
2: Tell us about your experience and how so, you got into it.
0: Um, when I was about fourteen, I was working at McDonald's uh, in my after school, basically, and modeling Where? in Germany and a modeling a person, what do you call them, Scout? Scout, yeah. Scout came in and gave me a card.
2: So this is in Frankfurt, right?
0: This is in Frankfurt and said, hey, come to Munich. And, you know, I was like, sure, I'll went to Munich, got on a train, got there, and they looked at me and they said, you're way too ethnic for Germany, but we're going to send you to Paris. So I ended up in my school holidays in Paris and honestly changed my life. And this is one of the upsides of Germany too because this is what I love about Europe. You can get in a train anywhere and in about two hours in a different country. Yeah. So yeah. You, you <laughs> grow up, you grow up speaking at least two languages because you know, there's people around you everywhere that from somebody else, from somewhere else. So I really like that that oops, I really like that Germany is in the middle of Europe and it's the leading European city.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um S- so you grew up in Frankfurt, you said, right? Yeah. So like what I think is really interesting about Germany is like if you go to Frankfurt it's very very different from berlin or if you go yes. to düsseldorf these are like completely even though they're all german towns you know it's like they have totally different vibes totally different cultures and uh it's it's just it's just really interesting you know and it's like if you go to if i drive to i don't know i mean riverside california it's You know, it's not going to be that much different, but Frankfurt to like, you know, it's such a small, short area, but (laughs) you know, it's actually quite different. Yeah.
0: Um, One other thing I realize is that I love, but another culture shock, I guess, Germans are really well dressed. Yes. They will all the time, especially the men. I mean, they'll show up and they wear a sports jacket, even if they're not working. No, they will just that's the Saturday. No tie. will be like, I'm going crazy and wild. So when I came here and I saw people, like, rocking into, like, a nice hotel in flip-flops. Yeah, that's yeah, That's a culture yeah. shock. That's that just does not happen in You Europe. just feel...
1: Are people... When do people wear, like, flip-flops in Germany? Is it just only at home or at the beach? Holidays? On okay. the beach. Okay, okay, I see. But
0: I think even when they get fr- off the beach and into the hotel, they'll change.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: So when yeah, I... You when know, I, I
1: love me some Hugo Boss, you know what I mean? <laughs> mean like...
0: You fit right <laughs> in. <laughs> no, seriously. It's, it's true. I mean,
1: the thing is, for me... Uh, It's so let me actually. This one thing, uh, we kind of talked about. So, uh, in our European offices, sometimes we're uh, they'll be talking and they're like, Oh, we want to do something cheaper, let's hire a Polish guy, you know. I mean, or let's you know, Mm -hmm. I always find that's so interesting, that's so common in Europe to say something like that, right? But in the US, we can't say. Hey, let's do it cheaper. Let's hire some Mexican dudes. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it, I mean, you you can think that, right. you know what I mean, right. but you can't, you can't like say it. You can't say. I mean, it's yeah. like politically incorrect to like say it. Uh, Racist, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically, right. So I don't know why that is, but um, that's something I noticed too, right? But I think it's just Europeans have these like built-in boxes that you it's know, like if you're born, you're something. born. And you're a Polish person. You're a right. German person. And you you can't really escape that box in in a sense, right? You know what I mean? Unless
0: But interestingly, at least the majority of people in all the countries there feel European as well. So they have they have um love for both their own country and for Europe.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see I see. Which is
0: why the EU is such a great, you know, well yeah I mean concept. right.
1: It seems like a lot of the young people think it's a great concept and all these old people, especially like the British old oh, people, you know what mixed I mean? <laughs> I'm obsessed. Uh, (laughs) I don't even want to... You're obsessed? How do you feel about that? Yeah, how do you feel feel about about that as a person that can see both cultures, you know what I mean?
0: Unbelievably sad. I understand it because I think it's the same reason we have, what we have here in government right now. Um, The globalization all over the world has changed societies so they're unrecognizable to people that grew up with different societies. Mm -hmm. And I think this reaction to the globalization of their world that they don't understand and aren't, aren't part of is the same that brought whoever is in government here into government, and the same reason we have Brexit, and the same reason we have the rise of populist parties in Europe. Mm. Um, it's, it's a very complicated and very sad thing. I think, ultimately, you can't stop change. The world will change, and you can never, you know, as Pete Buttigieg said, um, you can't build a country based on a word again. Again, Mm. it's it's the past.
1: Mm. We have to go forward, all of us. That's so interesting. Make America great again, right? Again, right?
0: (laughs) I stole that from him, though. (laughs) Speaking of moving forward,
2: (laughs) um, so you uh, you had a pretty good modeling career, I would say.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. Um, Worked with. Basically, the... um,
0: It's getting dark. It's a different kind of podcast. Well, that's
2: the... Our office is set up so that if someone doesn't move every once in a while, we turn everything off, you know? So we keep it action-packed, you know, (laughs) action-filled. So you ended up bottling with some of the top
0: models. Oh, yeah. One of the top Germans, actually. Um, I worked for Karl Lagerfeld, who I loved more than most things in my life. Um, He became kind of a second dad. And... Absolutely, absolutely brilliant man, incredible, so smart, so biting, really scary in a way, but mm-hmm. also very kind, which is also very German, actually. So,
1: I mean, I don't know too much about the modeling world, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So why is he, I know he's like Coco Chanel, right? He reinvented right. Coco He reinvented Chanel. it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, first of all, when is Coco Chanel, like, was it like a dying brand or yes. like, w- you know, why, why is he so significant?
0: Um, basically, Chanel, I think she died in the 50s. Oh, okay. And okay. then um, by 1960, whatever, seven, early 70s, it was a dying brand. It was old-fashioned, which is not who she was at all. Mm-hmm. She has her problems, but, you know, she was modern. Um, and then Carl was brought in by the Wertheimer family to reinvent. And he, they gave him free range, which mm-hmm. is something unusual for a big, you know, money person to do. And he took it to the streets. He had, you know, he would he would walk with me through Berlin, for example, and look at the punks and people with, you know, a rat on the hair and a safety pin, and would then do a jacket with safety pins on it from Chanel that cost five thousand wow. dollars. But he was actually open to bringing the streets, which is kind of what you guys do. He brought <laughs> no. the streets into fashion. I you see. brought you bring the streets. Into the museums and into the spaces where people can see it.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, to, because to me, um, he's just kind of like I said. I, I I guess it's it's I'm a different generation afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I always Thanks. just. <laughs> 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 it's true though. I, well, I know him from a different generation afterwards. He's very charming. You know? oh, James is very charming. <laughs> I, And you know, oh, yes, I love like, how he was able to like make the the gloves, the batting gloves, like. Thing like you, you know yeah. what I mean, and then you see these rappers like Drake start wearing, start wearing them. You know what I mean inside their music videos, right. and it was just he was a icon, fashion icon till the end, actually. And, you know, and uh, um, even you know from somebody who's just a, a outsider, you know, I could really appreciate an innovator, basically. But it's so nice to hear that he actually walked with you, you know, yeah. in Berlin to get inspired by these punks, man. That's that's so crazy. He actually,
2: encouraged you to uh, to do other things, right?
0: Well. Yeah. I was not a very good model, which he immediately pointed out to me. And he was right. I was terrible. But I was at least, I was really interested in the business aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So I would hang out and I would, I was kind of curious to see how a drawing that he would make would suddenly become over months, something that would be sold in a store. I I wanted to follow the process, which I thought was fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I think he kind of enjoyed that because most models didn't care.
1: They just wanted to try on the pretty clothes, right? Most they just water wanted water. the money, which is f- fair enough. Yeah, but yeah.
0: I kind of wanted to know how it's done, how the sausage is made. You wanted the made. knowledge. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So um, he taught me that. He, he taught me how um, fashion becomes something you sell, kind of what you got. That's why I'm so fascinated to see what you do, because art is very similar to fashion in a strange way.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're paying um, a lot of premium for something that uh, – you know <laughs> right. it's kind of like a unique one of one item. sometimes I think so it's kind of like when you have those high end fashion it is a piece of art actually you know
0: can I make a movie recommendation for people
1: yeah of course there yeah, is a
0: documentary uh, on right now it's called The Price of Everything
1: The Price of Everything
0: it's fascinating it's about the art world and how pieces are priced and how they're sold and it's it's fa- really fascinating that's always going
1: to
2: be interesting for you
0: any artist yeah
1: yeah, and I think it's really interesting, especially in the street art scene right here, right? right? You always hear of, uh, you know, Banksy sold this much, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that, right? And then uh, what I just think is just, like, it's so crazy because it's, real, it's uh, completely unregulated. I mean, in every other industry, if things get that much in price, there's going to be some sort of, all right, we got to regulate, like, you know. How, how this thing goes, but it's like, you could just move money from one area to another area with art, man. Like, you know what I mean, like, uh, this costs like $200,000, okay. You know what I mean, who, yeah. who who says? Well, yeah. that's,
0: that's what the film talks about. Yeah. How this how this is made, how this, these prices are made, who the collectors are, and how they decide how somebody like Basquiat goes from not selling anything to after his death, now selling for you know tens of millions of dollars. And yeah, how, yeah. How that's decided, basically. I think. By whom?
1: What do you teach? Give me your opinion on Basquiat. I mean, um, just I mean, just like his his uh, you know, I think it's such such an interesting style, man. Like, <laughs> well, it's primitive,
2: you know, um, very well, childlike, um, but raw and and just uh. You know, it it makes you kind of wonder what this person's going through, you know. Um, I have have appreciation for all different types of of artwork. Yeah. Um, And when it comes to that style of artwork, uh, it's kind of hard to really impress me. But um, when you look at his work, um, you you can just tell that that dude was just going through Tons of just emotional, crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, and drugs. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, but it has it was never really seen before. You know, what it, I think the is... way he commented on stuff and went over Aunt Warhol's stuff with his, you know, work, um, wasn't really done before. So that's one of the things that kind of helped. You know,
1: I just think it's weird because so many times, like the crown now is like that a Basquiat symbol, right? You know, yeah. people just draw, and it's like. Who said, <laughs> like, it, you know, it just, he's not the original guy who's done that for sure, in yeah. my opinion, like, you, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, people create these like myths and legends around uh, an artist and then like uh, it just sells really hot. And that to me, that's the most interesting thing about the art world that it's just like, hey, if there's a you know, a little trend and then you catch it and then it actually explodes at the right time. It's just... Oh, man, it has so much to
2: do with timing and everything.
0: Speaking <laughs> and also, of which. With, also with branding, by the way. Branding, <coughs> Because I think um, I was lucky enough to meet Gerhard Richter, who is, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, one of the best living artist still. Um, and one of the reasons it took him decades to break through is that he didn't have a brand. I think it's much easier. If yeah, he, he kept changing. He kept changing because he wanted to grow as an artist. Yeah, um, that's how a real artists should. And, you know, it's much easier, though, to become a big star if you have a very recognizable style. So, you know, everybody can walk into a room and know this is a Warhol, this is a Basquiat, this is a Keith Haring. Yeah. It's, There is no question that if I hang that over my couch, people will know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, Gerhard Richter, who was for the longest time, somebody really didn't know what his style was. Mm -hmm. Because he could do all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it took many, many decades for him to become the big star that he is now.
2: I mean... So how did you get go from the what was it what was next after modeling
0: from being a shitty model to what I do now
2: um, <laughs> a shitty model who uh, worked alongside Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, you know, Christine Turlington, all these other ladies. But they
0: were all great models, I wasn't. <laughs> I was the one, you know, the fat one stumbling behind them on the runway. Seriously. But I get paid, so that I don't fat care. One any day. <laughs>
1: how did you how did you meet this young chap over here? <laughs>
0: Well, so
2: wait, wait, we're going to skip to the... Uh, oh, okay, t- okay, okay. I thought
1: this was the next part, but no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I,
0: that, I was still reading really it. No, he basically, Carl told me, he said, look, you, you suck at this. What is it you really want to do? And at the time, I told him I wanted to make films. And he said, okay, what does that mean? And I said, well, I guess maybe I also want to be an actress because I was still 19 and it wasn't really clear. <laughs> so he told me to save my money, uh, go to drama school, which I did in London. Um, I became an actress. But really, what I told him at first was true. I wanted to be, make films. So by the time I moved here, I decided that, you know, now or never, it's time to reinvent myself, which everybody should do every seven to ten years and do something new. Um, so I made a couple of shorts that won some awards, and which was great. And then somebody gave me a shot to do my first feature as a writer-director, which is on Netflix. Is
2: and that only took how long to put together?
0: Shh. <laughs> Eight years.
2: <laughs> well, you know, there's people out there listening who want to be inspired. And, right. And, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so don't give up on stuff. If you believe in what you're doing, just fight for it because well, it's worth
1: it. Let me ask you as a filmmaker, would yeah. you consider yourself a filmmaker. Yes, okay. absolutely. Right? Do you feel like it's like, I go through this as a musician a lot of times. It's like, it's just what you do. Like, you know what I mean? It, I just make music. Like, even though you have these hopes and dreams and it, you know, it'll become successful and things like that. But at the end of the day, you make it because you're a musician. Like Cause you're gonna you have to. exactly, because you have to. It's right. like you know, what I mean, it's like it's in your programming to just continue to like do. So these th- their
2: first feature, Beautiful Now. Um,
0: a Beautiful Now, yeah.
2: What was it that uh, made you want to make that film?
0: Um, it was based on my life um, and a bunch of my friends that were a group of people, and a friend of mine killed herself, and I basically spent. Um, you know, twenty years trying to figure out why she did it because she had everything going for her, and she walked into her dad's garage and got in the car and started the car and didn't wake up. Um, so I really wanted to make a movie about a journey into a woman's brain and see what gets her to the point where she pulls the block, the plug. Um, and yeah, I had to tell that story as you said. <laughs> oh man! I think it's
2: interesting the way you told it though.
0: Um,
1: yeah, I, haven't seen, I haven't I haven't seen it yet so I mean um, but also now I'm we'll definitely I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious now obvious
2: well it's like, not a the way she told the story is not in a linear uh, perspective it's kind of uh, the way someone mind works
0: the question I basically wanted to answer is if your life flashed before your eyes would you like what you see because my my, Hmm. Thought was, you know, in those those last moments of life, where do you gonna, where are you gonna go in your brain? What are you gonna think about? And I don't think you're gonna think about, yay, I did a really good job. I, you know, I was very successful in my career. I think you're gonna go to, uh, relationships, uh, unresolved relationships. You're gonna go to the what people ifs? you love or I- what ifs. Yeah. And that's what the film is about. What do you? And it's to not gonna go? happen
2: chronologically.
0: No, I don't think you're going to be, like, lying on your deathbed going, and then I turn five, and then I turned six. <laughs> but, you know you what? Know?
1: Sometimes, like, when I smoke weed, we have, we, <laughs> they, we have these... Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome. No, no.
1: We have these flashbacks a lot of times as a mm-hmm. stoner. I'm just saying, like, you know, it brings you back to just this moment a lot of times, and you're just, like... Um, when I was younger, I used to have these moments where, like, fuck. Like, it brings you back to that moment, and then it's kind of, like, almost a regret, like a what if, you know right. what I mean? And, uh when you let too many of those build up, it becomes, like, a really big stress in your mm-hmm. life, and actually smoking weed is becomes a stressful, <laughs> stressful thing because you flash back to it, actually, I think. Um, but, you know, I, I, I it's inter- so interesting. I can't wait. To, I want to check it out now because I just imagine it's, like, uh, you know, dealing with that, and I've had, Ooh. you know...
0: Oh, my uh, God. I'm not a professional. I just hit something. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it is fine.
1: <laughs> Suicide's such a big problem right. you know, I am right now. It really is, and it's, like, it's almost like it's, like, a plague of, like
0: get help people yeah that's why i was was actually
2: happy to see her her make this film because it's it really helps people to kind of face it and um confront it in a different way and and you know you always got to find an interesting way of bringing topics like that into conversation without it being too cliche you know
1: yeah yeah i mean you know it's funny because uh Heard of that Netflix Thirteen Reasons Why. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch it myself, but I got a lot of friends who watched it, and I thought it's funny because some people were criticizing it, saying like this is like glorifying suicide in a sense. But it's just like those. It's like almost like hey, if we don't talk about it, then it's right. just going to continue happening.
0: I got that, too, though. I got yeah. that criticism. Yeah, I was going to ask you. Yeah, did absolutely. people say that
1: to you? Like, it's yeah. like hey, it's making light of it. Like,
0: well, I wasn't making light of it, but I did get the criticism. But ultimately, to me, it just sounds like. Please don't talk about it because then we can all pretend it's not happening, which is not reality. That's not how it works. Yeah,
2: in America, it's it's a lot, you know, harder to talk about. In Europe, people don't care. It doesn't bother them so much that someone dies it's in a the film or whatever. Yeah,
0: because our our continent is very very old and the civilizations there are very old. So we all understand over there from the moment we are very little that we are just a very small part of a very very big wheel. Um, and that, like that, you know, our life will just be a blip, and that's the only one we get. And that's not something that Americans really want to face. I think it's a young continent. It's forward-moving. It's tro- totally believes that we are mortal right now, and you know, we're not. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny
1: because I was, I don't know where I was listening, but um, they were saying, it was a British guy, and he was saying that if you ask an American, um, what's your story, Right. For sure, you'll get a response, um, but if anywhere else in the world, if you ask them, they're like, "What the hell are you talking about? What do you mean? What's your story?" It's like there's no like self narrative. You know, right. it, Would you agree with
2: that? You it's, know what I mean.
0: Here's what it is: you grow up and you go into a building like uh, Notre Dame, which is kind of current right now, and you look around you and you look at a, a you know a stained glass window that's a thousand years old, and you realize so many generations have been in the same room as you are right now, and so many generations will come after you. You will be long gone, and that thing will still be standing. Yeah, And that is a perspective that changes completely how you live your life, which is one of the reasons when you guys go to Germany, you have a very strange experience, because <laughs> they look at life in a very different way. I feel
2: like it, it makes me happy. wonder, like, what, what is it you're going to do that's going to make a big difference? You know, and that, you, you're somewhere like that, you're looking at something that's been there a thousand years, Okay, it makes me think of, okay, what what is there I can do in my lifetime that's going to make any kind of a difference in the next thousand years? You know, it's going to be here like that stained glass window or something. But
0: there's a magic freedom in that, too. Because you can, you can release yourself from having to achieve whatever it is, getting whatever kind of acclaim you can get from some magazine that nobody will remember five years from now. You can just do what you truly believe in because you are part of a big big never-ending hopefully never-ending chain of people it's a truly a different way of looking at life yeah but it gives you a, a release in my mind at least it gives you the release because we all look here and from what I can see in America we look at you know our own lifetime as the beyond and end all of it all yeah. and I think in also in your culture actually yeah, it's yeah. A very no you old know what, culture exactly <laughs> I mean
1: uh, in, in Chinese culture I mean it's kind of like um, I think if you're a little bit different, you know, it's just like in German culture. It's all it's based on tr- a lot of traditions, yes. and you're not. Uh, it's not like a positive thing to be, like the black sheep, the different person <laughs> in the crowd. It's like you know, I mean, if you have like purple hair, people are gonna be like, you know, what's wrong with your parents? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? They're gonna, they're, right? You know, they're not gonna, they're not just gonna attack you. They're gonna think like what happened to this girl <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know or what happened to this guy like her parents must have messed up somewhere like you know it goes starts you talk tar- talking about the generations you know previously there's um and i think it brings back to like uh, individualism you know i mean right. i think like americans we have such a big sense of individualism at the end right. of the day it's yeah. like yeah, we're absolutely. all about our personal freedoms individuality and uh, you know we're unique and Very that's why selfish. we get well i mean that's why we get good art though you know right. what i mean that's because true. it's like yeah. when you have like no rules a lot of times, and especially like uh, you know, like in European Renaissance art, there's always it's very structured, everything is like um, you know, you have to learn all the old stuff before you learn the, sure. learn yeah. the new Absolutely. stuff, you know. What I mean, but you know, we, we have <clears throat> people just skipping 10 steps here, and then sometimes
2: we get some great stuff, you know. What I mean, but so, yeah, I mean, speaking of artwork, there's you know, uh, art teachers that would make you learn how to make. Um, the canvas first, you know, like Gerhard stretching. Richter
0: actually does that with his students. That's where I got that from. Yes. I listen sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but Gerhard Richter said something that also I think kind of relates to what you guys are talking about. Um, I asked him once because there was one of his most famous artworks was in a private home, and I asked him if that oh really yeah. bo- bothered him, and he said, not at all. It's going. You can't live forever. It's going to end up in the museum at the end. And that's another that's truly another description of what I was talking about. He didn't think about in his lifetime. It didn't matter to him. He knows he's gonna be gone before that thing is gonna be in the museum, but he's convinced it will be. So he That's awesome. He looks past his own lifetime to define success and that's something that's very hard for Americans, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's some self confidence right there. <laughs> I <like that>. <laughs> that's speaking of self confidence, yeah.
2: um so a beautiful now got um let's see, what was it? I always get this mixed up. It's invited to be in the Academy of Motion Picture
0: my script was invited to be part of the permanent collection of the library and the Academy of Motion Pictures, which I was super proud about. I mean,
2: less than 1%. Yes, and of it's a- all films made. That's big studio films and everything. Wow. Wow. So
0: that's pretty cool because now, you know, my little script of a $300,000 film is in the same library as Citizen Kane. I mean, oh, wow. I'm, I'm sure okay. I'm, like, behind, you know, some other books in the corner, in the bottom. <laughs> oh, but no, I don't care. A, <laughs> I'm in there. <laughs> that's amazing.
2: That's a, man, I can't wait to check
1: out this, this uh,
2: film. Well, it, it also helped her to kind of get her next film going. Yep. Yeah, which, you're working on, I teach keeps on mentioning to me, you know, you're, working, you're trying
1: to get funding. Right. He because that's actually th- didn't understand how movies get made until nobody <laughs> does. <laughs> until <laughs> teach, so t- tell me, me if it. you
0: figure it out, because
1: <laughs> so you get the money first, or <laughs> do you get the star on it first. Like which which one is it? on what, what, what country?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone shoot me now. Um, so basically, that that is the crux of the matter in my industry is is funding, um, because basically the studios have stopped making any kind of film that is not. You know, tentpole movie with superheroes. If your hero doesn't fly or <laughs> save the world, nobody wants to make it.
1: There's, there's um, only superhero movies out right now. I swear. I was looking at. I was like, Shazam. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. How many super movies, <laughs> do movies do we need? You know.
0: Well, it makes sense because the, the studios are massive machines <coughs> with thousands of people and an overhead that's insane. It doesn't make sense for them to make a $5 million film. They have to make a 100 or $200 million film that hopefully can make a billion dollars back because to put this machine in motion, y- you can't do that for little film. So that's why that has happened, which now means that you know my, my kind of indie film world has been completely moved to the streaming services. Um... Which is fine. It's great because you actually end up getting to a lot more people than you might in theaters. So <laughs> it's it's, mm,
1: is this like, the, you know how they have like Sundance and mm-hmm. things like that. Where's Sundance again? Somewhere? It's in, in Utah, U-
0: isn't it? Sundance? Sundance? No. no, it's, I, I, I'm I, don't, sorry. Know. No, I don't know. know. I, think it's like, I don't know either. What I'm, I'm trying to say here. is like, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, I, I have some other friends that are in this whole thing. It's like, you just submit it to all these festivals. It just seems like, you know, if, just from a business point of view, it's like, who's, Doing all this, <laughs> Selecting? <laughs> like, no, what I'm saying, who is actually putting up the money? It takes everybody before you actually like can make money on the movie. You have to get distribution, right? You know, what I mean, exactly. so you have to kind of like show all these different people your film. But at the end of the day, it's just like it takes a lot of personal love, your personal yes. wallet, the, the, the funding. You know, I mean, funding, like somebody's got to pay. Funding. You got to make the whole right. entire movie before. <laughs> Before you could have the opportunity and to make any mo- Yeah, you exactly. gotta make it and sell it. It's just a crazy right. business, like, you know. Which and is
0: one of the reasons there are so few women in this industry. Um, I think at this point we are at 7% women directing the feature films, mm-hmm. which is extremely low. Um, I think that has mainly to do with funding because when I went to Sundance with my short, there was a guy there called Colin Trevorrow who'd done a $2 million film called Safety Not Guaranteed, which was a great film, by the way. Um, and there was an- another girl who had also done an about $2 million film that I thought was just as good. His next film was Jurassic Park. <sighs> she didn't get another offer. Oh, so okay. it's, it's, um, it really comes down to people having to put up money, and women are still not trusted with that, strangely, even though I believe actually we're much better at holding tight to a budget. and.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're I would <laughs> agree. You're, you're right, yeah. I think maybe it's just, uh, there's, I think at the end of the day, what does making a brilliant film have to do with fundraising? <laughs> you know what I mean, and uh, that's that's the thing. That's the struggle these days. You know, it, know yeah. what I mean? It's anyway. like it's a completely different skill set. Yet, completely. You know, you're required to know how to do yep. these things. Yeah, you if know I've what watched mean, my like,
2: my wife have to put on so many different hats to get the first film done, and now this second one, the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: You, yeah, I mean, look. The truth is, if you are a total, again. Another difference you guys brought me here to talk about the difference between uh, Germany and America. Germany makes films in a completely <laughs> different way. They're government funded, so you have to apply basically for a government grant. They start with the money. They start with the money, but it comes from the government. So is that kind of like
1: it's like a propaganda film. And no, no, no. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually let you have what freedom it, to write whatever you want. But what it actually
0: creates, of course, the, you know. The question then again is who's who's choosing for the government yeah. and what mm. are what are their intents. But in the end, what it does create is a lot of films that are being made without what I have to do right now, which is, you know, do a dog and pony show before I can even do anything creative Mm -hmm. by having to find people to believe in the film as a product. Mm -hmm. They don't look at it as a product. I have to sell a product and I have to say say to people, okay, you're going to give me whatever, how many millions you're going to give me. And I'm going to make you X. And here's how I'm going to do it. And how, here's how I'm going to exploit the product. And here's how we can sell it worldwide. And here are the sales estimates. All things that not one German director ever has to answer.
1: Interesting. So
0: It's almost
1: like each movie is a separate brand. Yes. You know what I mean? And you have to build that entire brand. Mm-hmm. And that's why they do like these franchises, right? It's like how many Fast and Furiouses are there?
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: Seven of them now. You know
1: what I mean? Right.
0: But that's much easier to sell because if you put that on a poster, you already know what to expect. If you put, you know, the name of my new film on, which is Get Lost, what is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. You have
0: to figure out, you know, it's much easier to sell Fast and Furious 19.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things I think that's great right now, though, is the streaming thing, right? Yes. Because before... um, You know, the streaming kind of, you know, back in the day, the DVDs, you had to mail the DVD and get it. Now it's just like everything. It's like even if it's, you know, if you don't have funding, you're really passionate about it, just put it on YouTube. You you know what I mean? And then it's like you'll be able to make a part two of it if somebody picks it up and gives you funding. So I think that
0: young filmmakers, actually, I I just say, don't let anybody take your iPhone, do a film, put it up there, put it out there. Just Just going to ask you you. Don't wait. Don't wait for people to give you permission to do your art. And just I think
1: do it. I think yeah. you'll realize if you quote unquote you have to do the film, you right. know what I mean, like because actually like editing and doing all this stuff, it's such a you know painstaking process, right? Right. And you'll realize you're like, oh, is this just a hobby? I think you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like if, if you if you start, you're like, oh yeah, I can make a film, I can make, and then you it's, you know what I mean like tedious process of it you'll right. realize like it's it's if you have to like you said yes, you, you you have to. I mean. So I,
0: this is the part i love about where we are right now um what we have right now with everybody having an iphone or whatever everybody can go out and make the film they wanted to make there was a film called tangerine that was made on an iphone 6 i think you shoot a 4k like,
1: right now off your iphone right. it's crazy which
0: so, and it's old and in, in a festival to you know and that guy is amazing, and I love him, and I think he's extremely talented, and he didn't wait for permission, so that's there. there is my advice, children.
2: <laughs> oh, I almost forgot to ask you this. Um, we, got, we got a little bit of time left here. Yeah, okay. So um, you're uh, the wife of a street artist.
0: Yep. <laughs> I had to bail him out. A <laughs> that, uh,
2: that's, uh, that's the story I'd like for you to, to tell, is what happened <laughs> on December 15th. 2011 (laughs) at about what time did you wake up and
0: I woke up so at that time our twins were one year old so I woke up quite early in the morning it was like 6 a.m. I went downstairs I you know tried to make myself a coffee because I was brain dead and um, I I realized there was a voicemail from Keith and it said (laughs) and he started and it was very funny I, I wish I had kept it because you kind of said hey how are you you're probably going to find it in the morning and it just sounded like nothing big had happened and then it ended with oh and by the way I got arrested I am in West Hollywood at the <laughs> sheriff's station can you bail me out <laughs> So I, I just found didn't want to myself alarm you it was not nothing to alarm me so I found myself literally holding a a twin in each arm uh, on my computer trying to figure out how American bail works <laughs> 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 which is interesting um, and then How it does it work <laughs>
1: in Germany? That, that's my question for I first. don't know. You know I mean, she never had to worry <laughs> about a, it in Germany, dude. <laughs> they, just, they just take the criminals out and shoot them in the back. Right? We don't have to deal. actually.
2: Actually, her first husband was shot at a uh, at a protest. Yes. And kicked his way out of a. Uh, he of a started police the car. communist
0: party in Frankfurt, so uh, he's a wild man too, which I love.
2: <laughs> I love him too. I love her. awesome. <laughs> one guy. of our best friends, and uh, yep. his
0: his family and we are very close, so that's cool. Yeah, so I um had to figure out how bail works. Um I had no idea, so I googled it and I came up with some guy who looked like The Sopranos needed an extra. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and a couple of other guys and he was the only one who answered his phone though at like, you know, 6:30. Uh-huh. It- and I told him, my husband got arrested, and he goes, where is he? And so I, he said, meet me there. And he rocked up in a van that had his photo on it, and it looked like <laughs> literally a serial killer van. I was terrified. It
1: was, it was one of those blacked-out window rape vans. Yes,
0: yeah, the rape van. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I have to say, he jumped out and here I was, you know, with, with a double stroller going, I I brought cash? I don't know. What's going to happen? And he told me that I had to bring 10% of the yeah. bail Yeah, we've been, we've been there. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You've been there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, we got Keith out and he kind of rocked out of there like nothing had happened looking fabulous. Meanwhile, I looked like somebody had hit me in the head. Well, now, wait a second. Hand.
2: There's a little bit more to it. Okay. They made you guys wait. Oh, yeah. This Two asshole... Hours, right? No, four hours. Four hours? I don't remember. This little, I remember every bit of it. This little asshole who was the jail tender, um, he, I tried to be as nice as I could to him, was very, you know, trying to tell him little funny jokes and this, that, and the other. But this guy, and I don't mind saying this right now, okay, he was kind of short, fat, and ugly. Ugly guy that got picked on in high school by taller people who were, you know, good looking and stuff.
0: (laughs) Not that we're bitter (laughs) or anything.
2: And. I mean I'm not I was much better looking when I was younger. <laughs> but I'm I was at was that time about people. 7 years ago I was still kind of had some looks about me and so this dude would just wanted to punish me. And he didn't give a he didn't care how nice I was or whatever and so what he did was he made my wife wait for 4 hours with a stroller up, up until about a few minutes before the time that you get sent to county. Cuz if you're in at the west Hollywood Sheriff's Department in their incarceration and you don't get bailed out within a certain amount of time. Yeah, they send you to county. They send you to the county and you stay there until your court date. Okay? And so this little jerk-off waited just long enough and let me out. Okay? Because he knew that if that happened, he would have gotten in trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. But,
1: you know... Once you go to county, you can't get bailed out. You just have to be there until your court date. No,
2: but if... I w- could have proved that my wife was there and he did whatever. I could have, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could have turned the department upside down a little bit. But he did it just in time that last one. <laughs> you got me, dude. You got me. You won that time. How
0: romantic. Getting is is arrested story? is never
2: fun. <laughs> 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 so yeah, there's a, there's a real street art uh, wife story for you there. Uh, so be the ready law. with
1: 10% of the cash if you are married to a street artist because yeah. that's how much bail costs, okay guys? <laughs> Uh, it's actually been about an hour now. I want to thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, uh, thank
0: the next you for movie. Teaching The us. next movie is Get Lost. It's called Get Lost. And it's uh, basically, the tagline is sometimes you have to get lost to find yourself.
2: Mm, I like uh, that. I've done that a bunch of times.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the day I lost my mind is when I found myself, actually. <laughs> I like to always think about that. But, anyways, thank you so much you for have coming. You're coming Instagram already. It's, yeah, it's, it's Get
2: c- Lost the Film. Uh, I'm going to well, follow that see, right see, now. I, see. I suck at it's okay, you're creative. You're get like, lost. Get the, lost the film. I, I, believe. Think it's film. Get,
0: I think it's get underscore. Underscore? Lost, underscore, the underscore film. Okay, okay. okay. Oh gonna, God, let's just make it harder. I know, but they didn't have it. Get lost the film. Get lost the film,
1: underscore. I'm gonna follow that right now. Awesome, awesome. You know what, sweet. And what was your first movie called? Beautiful Now, right? I'm gonna go check that out. AM? I can't it's wait. It's on Netflix now. Yeah check it out guys thank you so much for coming thank you guys a great time. Uh, bye and in the-